The Morning Brew is brought to you by West Rock Coffee. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Nikola Jokic, step forward. You are an NBA All-Star starter. Back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic, four-time All-Star. This will be this is fifth-time All-Star, third straight start, averaging 25-11 and a career-high 9.9 assists. His 15 triple doubles leaves the NBA, and the Denver Nuggets at 34 and 15 are the number one seed in the Western Conference. You know, there's this perception that uh, Nikola Jokic just doesn't get his due respect. Uh, not if you go by the voting. First of all, the fan voting mm-hmm. had in the front court, Western Conference front court all-star voting, fan votes. LeBron James had the most at, at $7.5 million. Jokic was next at $5.5 million. And everybody else wasn't even really that close. And then look at the player votes of all the Western Conference front court votes. The most player votes went to Jokic. Yeah, which is uh, total respect for his game. When the players look at it that way and vote him in, that is a ton of respect from the players for Nikola Jokic and the game that he brings to the court every night. Now, the question is, those were the starters. The rest of the conference, all-stars for each uh, conference will be seven of them, and they'll be named by... Uh, coaches and the hope, the expectation. I think it would be a huge snub if Aaron uh, Gordon is not included. So I'm hoping that Gordon gets a nod because that guy should be an all-star. That guy's been great. What about Murray? No. No way? No. Just just Michael Porter Jr.? No. 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 Bones? No no bones. bones. No bones. No. Okay. No, no Bruce Brown, but uh, no KCP, but oh. but definitely. But I, I for a team that is doing as well as the Nuggets are, you should have at least two representatives. And Jokic, worthy starter, let's get Aaron Gordon in there as a reserve. Next on the Morning Brew, despite being a huge, overwhelming favorite, the Avalanche uh, giving up three third-period goals to the uh, not-so-mighty Anaheim Ducks. But losing to Anaheim, 5-3. Jared Bednar breaking it all down. If you pull the shift that they scored on where they got extended, we had a couple tired guys that didn't get off the ice, and they got extended. We you know, we had a couple chances to get that puck out at the end of the second period. You pulled out one shift out of the first two periods. I liked their first two periods a lot. You know, we outshot them, outchanced them probably 2-1 to one in those periods, but I did not like the start of our third. It just looked like we were too much standing around. You know, like the urgency and intensity to our game disappeared, and then we fell behind and comes back, but still had some chances to tie the game up, but we put ourselves in a bad spot with a bad probably first 10 minutes of the third period. So that uninspired play, lethargic play, uh, some shaky goaltending from uh, Pavel Frantzos, uh Add it all up and lose a game that nobody saw coming after winning six in a row. Yeah. Uh, upset. I mean, you know it's going to happen, right? And that's one of those things, too, Mike, where you have the team meeting. You play, you win six straight games. All of a sudden, you let down your guard just a little bit. 
And that's one of those where it comes back and you're like, hey, guys, I mean, dude, you, like, we understand what we are. We aren't, we aren't at a point right now where we were last year where we could just get on the ice and out-talent everybody. And, even, and we could overcome 10 minutes of just bad, uninspired hockey. We're not there. So let it be a lesson to you. That's that what that's exactly what happens even against bad teams when you when you play uninspired hockey. It's it's one of those good lessons. I mean, you win six in a row. That's awesome. You know, you you chalk that one up and you hope your players learn from it. Next on the morning brew, the Broncos coaching search appears to have D'Amico Ryan's as the top target, although there is competition with Houston and with him having played there. Tremendous family ties there. Mm hmm. What do you think he chooses? Who do you think he chooses? Oh, I think that I think that Houston's the leader in the clubhouse. The other thing is, is you're gonna you're gonna be able to draft a quarterback. You're gonna instantly build in a couple of years. You've got draft capital, um, and you'll be playing on a on a quarterback's rookie deal. So now, again, drafting a quarterback is somewhat of a crapshoot. But I think you know, unless the Broncos just blow you away with an offer. Um, I think Houston makes, I think it makes the most sense where he got his starts, where he got drafted, you know, where he played Gary Kubiak has ties to both. If he wanted to bring Gary Kubiak in as a, uh, consultant type of, uh, you know, offensive game plan consultant, um, obviously Clint Kubiak is, is out there right now. I don't think he's signed. I think he, he interviewed with Tampa yesterday or the day before. So yeah, like that would, that would make a lot of sense. Next on the Morning Brew, Robert Sala. I'm bringing in Nathaniel Hackett as the Jets' OC. Nathaniel, he's um, you know one of the great strengths is that he is a West Coast uh, offense, uh, West Coast uh, uh, guy with regards to scheme. So there's going to be some continuity there. He's got a proven history of being able to develop a heck of a run game uh, in every stop that he's ever been in. Got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with, and he's gotten great, great head head success with all the quarterbacks that he's worked with. And he's good friends with Aaron Rodgers, right. who has been linked to the New York Jets. Uh, now, I mean, he didn't have great success with Russell Wilson. So there's one quarterback that he didn't have great success with. Let's rock. How about the, uh, the, the, the line, I think Albert Breer put it out, that uh, Hackett uh, was, was the loser in a political war in Denver. Gee, I wonder what that uh, what that means. The loser in the political war in Denver. What was what was the political war if there was one? It's spicy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the spicy campaign. Do you do you? Here comes the airplane. So was so you're, Here comes you're the airplane. so was this a case of that for at least two thirds of the season, three quarters of the season, Russell Wilson just flat out stubbornly obstinately um, just defied Nathaniel Hackett. And then what? By the end of the season, he was cool with trying things another way? Or was – my point is, does Russ get too much blame for this idea that it was my way or the highway? Because he yeah. – I, I never heard anything about that. I never heard him stomping his feet and storming out of meetings and anything like that. No. Plus, he seemed to – 
acquiesced just fine when they, they switched things up at the end of the season, seemed pretty happy with it. Yeah, well, So does he get too much of the blame for this? He Perceived pro- blame. Yeah, well, th- there is that. I mean, the, again, it comes down to the adult aspect of it. Like, if you, if you haven't been empowered as a coach and then you can't put your foot down and say, no, we ain't doing that. And you say, okay, you don't like that? Well, let's do this then. And let's and you keep compromising, and eventually your scheme or your system is is completely off base. It's off kilter. It's not married together. It's not working. And so, but did like, you ever hear anything about that? The idea that that Russell Wilson was flat out saying, "No, I refuse. No, my way or the highway. No, believe in it, believe in it, believe in it." But I. But there were a lot of things they were doing that Russell wasn't, couldn't do. And that says to me, like, th- I want to do this. Like, there was a there was a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's, I mean, I think it's culpable. But the bottom, bottom line is I'll hold the coach accountable for not stepping up and not saying no. That is the Morning Brew. Bring that to you each and every morning at 630.